0: That's www.activeskinrepair.com code VILLAGE for 20% off your order. You're listening to Voices of Your Village. This is episode 171. In this episode, I got to hang out with Chastity Holcomb, who you might know as Momfully You, over on Instagram. Chastity is a therapist, and we dove into postpartum anxiety. We looked at the difference between some postpartum mood disorders and how postpartum anxiety might show up for you or for someone you love. We talked about ways that you can access support or help somebody else access support. There can be so much shame or guilt in the postpartum season if you are struggling and I want you to know that you are enough and that you're doing enough and it is hard and you do not have to do it alone. If you had a broken arm, you wouldn't hesitate to go to the doctor to get support to get it fixed. And if you're struggling with a postpartum mood disorder, I want you to know that reaching out for support is a strength. Postpartum can feel lonely and isolating, and you do not have to navigate this season alone. All right, folks, let's dive in. Welcome to Voices of Your Village, a place where parents, caregivers, teachers, and experts come to support one another on this wild ride of raising tiny humans. We combine decades of experience with the latest research to create the modern parenting village. Let's dive into honest conversation about real parenting challenges so it doesn't have to be this hard. I'm your host, sleep consultant, child development specialist, and passionate feminist, Alyssa Blass Campbell. Hey everyone, welcome back to Voices of Your Village. Today, I get to hang out with Chastity Holcomb. She is a therapist and a mom of two little girls. And I've been following her on Instagram for a while. And Chastity, I love your Instagram stories that you do of like take what you need. Mm-hmm. Oh, I love that. I love it. <laughs> I'm like, oh, I need. I need, I just need these stories. That's what I need. <laughs> it's like a nice. Yeah, it's such a nice little check-in. So welcome. Thanks for joining me today. How Thanks. are you? Yes,
1: I'm good. Thank you so much for having me. I always love having these kind of candid conversations, you know, to talk about all things motherhood and kind of growing into what that looks like. So I'm so happy to be here.
0: Yeah, I'm just to get to hang with you. Can you share with folks a bit about your background and kind of what brings you into this work?
1: Yeah, so again, my name is Chastity, and I do have two little ones who happen to be 13 months apart, keep us very busy. My husband and I, we live in Dallas, Texas, raising them. I also have a online therapy practice in Texas. I've been doing the therapy, of course, for years now, but after becoming a mom and transitioning into motherhood, I realized that my heart was set on helping other moms through postpartum and really beyond because, you know, I used to hear my friends and family talk about like, like my dad is hard and people are not talking about like the realness of it. And I'd be like, yeah, I bet. And then I became a mom on my own and I was like, yep, nobody's talking about it.
0: <laughs> <laughs> we need to have a conversation.
1: <laughs> we, need to sit down. we need to have a company Jesus. We need to talk about this. So that's kind of how I transitioned to seeing moms solely. Then that also sparked me creating um, Momfully You on Instagram. It's funny because I thought I was going to be blogging. Like I thought that was the only thing I was going to do. And like IG was going to be my like side thing for that. And it actually like flipped. So like IG is like that main thing of how I connect and support um, other moms and I do kind of a little bit of blogging on the side. I'm trying to pick that up, but yeah, I just, I realize the identity shift that comes with motherhood and that's really my heart and my purpose is to help moms kind of reclaim, you know, their own identity, their independence, and to be able to see that they can still love their children and also shower themselves with that same
0: love and nurturance that they give out. So yeah. Yeah. Oh, it's so, so huge. I think there's such a history of giving of yourself until there's Mm -hmm. nothing left to give specifically in motherhood. Yeah, I think it's such an important conversation to be having because there's this idea. We we do a mama's getaway weekend every year through Seed. Mm -hmm. And it's just like, oh, it's my favorite weekend. It's an in-person like retreat weekend. We bring in guest speakers, and we just get down and dirty with this work, and mm-hmm. folks get to connect with each other, et cetera. But so many moms will reach out and be like, "Oh, I want to go so badly." and I couldn't take a weekend away, or I couldn't step. and that just this and I'm like, you you need you are the one who needs this then right? Yes. Like so, so many of us, I think, are like, oh, I can't." step away or I'm not supposed to step away. I'm not supposed to take time for myself. Even if that's five minutes, what, you know, not necessarily a full mama's getaway weekend, but like, Mm -hmm. even if it's five minutes or I'm going to go to the store alone and Mm -hmm. leave. So a mom the other day was saying like, how she just was craving like a trip to target alone. Mm -hmm. And she was like, but I don't want to leave the kids with my husband because I know how hard that is. Mm -hmm. And I was like, let's dive into this. Does that ever cross his mind? I don't want to leave both kids with you because I know how hard that is. Mm-hmm. Right. And she was like, mm-hmm. no, I'm with them alone all the time. And I was like, yeah. And it, pro- it is hard and you mm-hmm. figured it out. Yeah. right? You're like, hate it." And yeah. I think often we don't, we don't expect that for ourselves as moms. <laughs> no.
1: And, and you bring up a good point because it's like, the mom should be the one that bears the brunt Mm -hmm. right she should pick up all the hard difficult messy parts of this you can even think back like whenever the doctors like whenever you're in labor right and they're like this is the final push they're right there just give us one big push you push that baby out and their attention turns to the baby right and, you know, they're just trying to make sure the baby is all good, reasonably so. <laughs> you know, they're a fresh new baby, right? <laughs> and so they're doing all of that and then they're like checking on you and making sure you're doing some things right. And then it's kind of like the ah and the gooey parts, like, oh my gosh, the dad is holding the baby. After you have just pushed your everything out, right? You just have <laughs> been through it, okay? But then it's like the the pieces and the glory kind of comes in like, oh my gosh, look at the way the dad loves them. And so sometimes from the very beginning, we get the picture that you do the breath and then they get the kind of the glory pieces of that. And society doesn't help with that either, right? Mm -hmm. Like this kind of picture that mom should be all knowing and all sacrificing and all giving, and then they will have what's left over. But it's like, no. Our partners, they they can learn just as much as we can. And a lot of that learning, unfortunately, takes place after we have relinquished the responsibility of it all.
0: Totally. Totally. Mm-hmm. And I think this is interesting to look at from like a birth parent perspective of like, yes. m- maybe you're not in a hetero relationship and- right. so- Like how do different things show up? And one of the things I want to chat about today really is, is is postpartum anxiety. And Mm -hmm. when I'm looking at this, I'm really thinking today around a birth parent and really looking at like the hormones and everything that's playing into this, you know, because I think that's something that's really important to acknowledge (laughs) the like physical aspects of carrying and birthing a human and I say with like diastasis and like stomach pain right now like (laughs) right like there are so many things that I experience as the person carrying and birthing the child that my partner doesn't experience and I think that I think that like that's okay to say and to talk about (laughs) yeah Yeah. you know
1: it's it's a it's a part of the experience and it's it's one of the things that makes it so difficult for us to share with non-birthing people or share with like our friends and family that don't have children just yet, because it is a biological thing that unless you have experienced it, it's hard to, to explain that, right? Like it's, tr- it, it's hard to explain what a cramp is to someone who has never had a cramp in their life versus right. Like the, um, contractions <laughs> to right. a person who has not had, you know, those things happen. So the biological and the hormonal changes that, that happens, that we experience from the time we conceive, right? To the time that, that the baby is starting to grow up until a year after birth, because that's postpartum, right? From, from birth into one year. Really, honestly, past that. But that's what the <laughs> definition right. of postpartum is, right? Yeah. But yeah, those hormonal changes that we you know experience in our mood There is a study and I need to be, maybe I'll look it up and. Please send it on over. Yeah. So that you can share with your audience, but basically how the, the mom's brain shifts, her focus grows to, to this kind of extension of empathy towards her baby right so that she's able to tune in with their needs and and what their those hunger cry versus those like you know happy cries or whatever it is right like the brain kind of switches it goes through kind of a metamorphosis in order for the mom to be able to tap into that sort of thing and and if that's happening there's gonna be some changes right the brain and the body they have to adjust and If we are not aware of that, and if we are also not in company of people who are talking about that, then we might feel like something is off with us, like we've done something wrong to be feeling frustrated (laughs) because you know uh, someone didn't bring the right recipe home or something like that. It's like, no, you got a lot going on.
0: Yeah, no kidding. (laughs) Okay. All the sleep deprivation and all that jazz. Yeah, it all compounds. It all compounds. There's so much like upheaval in the postpartum period. Mm -hmm. Can we chat about differentiating between like what is, would be considered like normal hormonal shifts that we're going to essentially navigate right out, allow yourself to feel. And then what would warrant concern where we might be looking and saying like, maybe this is postpartum anxiety and we would be seeking further support, whether it's medication, therapy, et cetera.
1: Yeah. So kind of like you were just saying, like there's so many different things that play a part into the difference of like what we're feeling and what we're doing. Right. So there, like sleep deprivation is at the top of that list. Right. We need sleep in order to rejuvenate and function the way that we were designed to function. And if you're not having sleep, it's hard for your brain to consume and process all of the information that ha- has happened through the day. And we all know there's a lot happening through the day, <laughs> especially in those first, you know, few weeks or months of in, in postpartum. And so if you do kind of this check-in with yourself, am I feeling this feeling? Am I frustrated? Am I angry, upset? Am I, you know, tearful? Because I just need a little bit more sleep and you go to get that sleep, say you, you know, ask your partner, your friends or family, I know it's a little different with COVID at this time of the recording, but you know, if you're able to get in an extra hour or two hours of sleep and you feel better, you feel that your emotions are a little bit more manageable, then that kind of tells me, okay, it was a sleep issue, right? If you also notice that you're a little bit more cranky and you're like, did I eat today? Like it's 12 o'clock and have I put anything in my mouth, right? And you eat and that also over time kind of helps you, you know, feel better or going outside or moving a little bit. Any of those things, if you kind of assess and walk yourself through that and that helps you feel better, that can kind of differentiate between the debilitating feeling of anxiety, which brings on these onset of not only are you feeling on edge in your body, but you're feeling on edge in your mind as well, because anxiety likes to play tango with both of those things, your body and your mind. So you're thinking constantly, you know, what if something happens to my baby? What if, you know, um, I fall when I'm holding them? What if this happens? What if this doesn't happen? All of these thoughts are, are, debilitating in the way and you kind of feel like your actions follow suit from those thoughts, meaning it prevents you from doing certain things or you find yourself trying to control in a way things from happening. That could be an indicator that at this point it might be a little bit more than just the hormonal piece of it. You might need to consult with the doctor, see a therapist, to see if that might
0: help kind of bring things to a more manageable and tolerable state. That's so helpful to like make that distinction. Essentially, like, is it affecting how you, your actions, your choices in how you're living? And as you were naming those things that just sounds like, like really being like stuck in that fear, right? Or like, it wasn't the hangries where like, all right, I was feeling scared about something and I ate something or I took that nap or whatever, but really beyond that, like I'm stuck in it. And maybe when I lay down to go to sleep, I can't take that nap because I'm stuck.
1: Mm -hmm. exactly right it doesn't it doesn't lift right after you've had that snack or you've slept it it's kind of still lingering there and other people are also probably mentioning to you like hey are you okay or you know something's off Mm -hmm. sometimes when we have a third eye on on our behaviors that can be very telling as well
0: yeah this Rachel, who runs our sleep program, she has shared openly about her experience with postpartum depression and anxiety um, with her last babe. And her first babe was like the opposite. She was like cloud nine, felt great, whatever. And so it really caught her off guard, right? She came into her second babe and was like, what is this? And I went to visit her maybe about three weeks postpartum and was staying. And like, she also had a sensory sensitive babe, pretty challenging. And I was there we, things were, like, more chill with extra hands, right, as we often find, especially Mm -hmm. in those early days, and he was, like, doing pretty well at that point while I was there, and I just noticed, like, even when he was doing better, there wasn't a shift for her, right, like, having me there, she was just like, don't leave, <laughs> please move in. But also like, w- even when him, when he was like down and she like had that, like, Oh, I've, she would say like, I just need him to sleep. And then he would sleep and it wasn't like that weight had lifted. Mm-hmm. And that was like the sign for me where I was like, Hey babe, I think it's something more here. It, but it was like, it was really wild to see that just kind of play out right in front where I was like, there's nothing that it seems like could happen that would make this feel better for you right mm-hmm, now. Yeah. You know yeah. what I mean?
1: Mm-hmm. And that's so important to have like that indicator because you can like, <laughs> you can't see, right? The baby's not fussy at this moment, or, you know, I was able to get a little bit more sleep last night. Why in the world am I still like this? Which, you know, and if you're kind of in that stuck feeling, it might also bring up feelings of shame.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Especially if you you know, our own social media, and you see, you know, other moms who are doing well, and maybe they're not experiencing these t- these same types of scenarios that you are. Mm-hmm. And you might feel like, well, my baby is the same age as they are. And why can't I just get it together? Right? Like, oh, we have the same amount of our kids are the same age or you know, we blah blah blah, right? All these kind of comparison things and you can feel like it's something wrong with me. Mm-hmm. And what I tell my clients all the time is that anxiety or really any other emotion that you feel, it's not about you. It's more so of um, the experience that you're having, right? So if you can take like take the weapon out of the emotion. Um, and then I think that puts us in a place of empowerment. Like I can seek help because I need help with this versus I need help with me because yeah. if you're already approaching the situation with a little bit of shame. But if you see it as this, this is a difficult situation that I'm experiencing and other people, other professionals might be able to help me with this. It kind of helps us, right? We already have a hard time asking for help as it is. But, and so we're definitely not going to want to ask for it if we think that it's a us problem versus it's the issue of it, of itself, in and of itself.
0: Totally. I mean, it's so interesting that divide of like, if you fell and broke your arm postpartum, you wouldn't be like, gosh, that other mom didn't break her arm. And so I should just sit with this broken arm. Like you would go and you would get it, get support from a doctor and move forward and move through it. Right. Mm -hmm. And it's so interesting that divide between the physical and the mental and how we approach them. And I, I think, yeah, it's the comparison game and the shame, but also nobody wants to be in that space, right? In the mm-hmm. space of like, this is really hard and I'm not enjoying this. And it can mm-hmm. feel embarrassing or yeah. guilt ridden to say like, I'm not enjoying these days. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Know? And, And that's why people don't talk about it, right? Because you're supposed
1: to, according to society, you're supposed to enjoy this. This is a beautiful blessing. This is a beautiful thing that just happened to your life. And you've been waiting for this, you you know, all of these types of things. And why isn't it fun for you? It's fun for everybody else. And so it's like, well, I'm not going to say anything. But what happens with anxiety, what happens with depression, what happens with anger and frustration, if we don't bring it to the light, if it's hidden, we can't heal it, right? Oh, if it's just tucked away, it just, it grows into this big <laughs> thing, this big mountain that really feels like we can't conquer it. When, when we pull it out into the light, we kind of realize, oh, that was just a shadow. Mm-hmm. I have the tools that I can overcome this thing now that I've gotten support, mm-hmm. reached out for help, sought out a professional, right? And not to downplay those feelings at all because they are very valid, right? But to say that sometimes we can get to our healing of those things quicker if we're able to shine the light on them and kind of be honest and candid about that
0: experience totally and just the reality that you don't have to do it alone yeah you know, like we at this point so many folks are parenting in isolation I mean even outside of COVID but COVID yeah. for sure. but even outside of COVID just like our parenting solo or parenting with one other partner when we used to raise kids in this village and have folks to call on and have other people up feeding your children throughout the night, or bringing them to you, or taking them so that you could nap. All that jazz used to happen, and now we're like, do all the same things but by yourself. By yourself, <laughs>
1: yeah, you can do it. And, and add COVID with that, right? Do all the things by yourself and work while doing it because you can do it. It's fine, you know. It's, you're just a mom. It's fine. Gosh, it's no. bonkers.
0: It is bonkers. And don't have access to any of the things like going to library, going to the playground, whatever. Oof, yeah, no, yeah. COVID, that's a whole nother wrench. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. Being back to work after maternity leave has been so good and frankly, so hard. I love what I do and I missed collaborating with my team while I was out and it's been a tough transition. get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com voices today to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp.com slash voices. Hormone harmony is an all-in-one hormonal balancing solution for women of all ages. Happy Mammoth, the company that created Hormone Harmony, is dedicated to making women's lives easier. And that means using only science backed ingredients that have been proven to work for women. They make no compromise when it comes to quality, and it shows. Hormone Harmony contains science backed herbal extracts called adaptogens. Now, here's the beauty about adaptogens they help the body adapt to any stressors, like chaotic hormone changes that happen naturally throughout a woman's life. Hormone harmony is perfect for those horrible menopause symptoms that put your life on hold, like hot flashes and night sweats, racing thoughts and low moods, poor sleep and feeling tired all the time, occasional bloating and gas. Yeah, hormone harmony can help with all these things. And the biggest benefit, feeling like yourself again. That's what women mention over and over in their reviews, and there are over 17,000 reviews for Hormone Harmony. For a limited time, you can get 15% off your entire first order at happymammoth.com. Just use the code VILLAGE at checkout. That's happymammoth.com and use the code VILLAGE for 15% off today. What we're saying here is that self-regulation for adults is essential because our kids are gonna co-regulate. In a world of free information on the internet, it's amazing, we have access to so many of these tools, but there's something different about live events. It really is powerful to be able to carve out time when you don't have a tiny human on your body or calling your name and to really focus in on creating these tools to bring back to your life, to like pause and reflect without distraction. And that's what we really get in these live events. You get to focus in for a couple hours or for Mama's Getaway Weekend, you get a whole weekend of stepping outside of your routine to build tools that are hard to see when you're living in it every day. What I love about Alyssa's approach is she's just very down to earth and she relates so well to people and she just has so much knowledge and experience to share about working with little kiddos
1: and she's just taught me so much about how to interact with my sons but also just to
0: have grace for myself and how to kind of work on my own emotional intelligence to be able to better communicate and, and work with my new boys as well. It's a safe space to be able to talk about the challenges of motherhood and how to both look at the Things like anxiety and guilt that so many moms bring to the table, and really build their emotional toolbox, so that they can respond with attention to their tiny humans. It was really born from a mom who reached out and was like, "I want to gather with other moms in person to have like a, a retreat weekend, a time where we can dive really deep, and rather than a one-off workshop, we can continue to go into this." So Mama's Getaway Weekend is four workshops for me, two guest workshops, and it's lunch, it's breakfast, it's everything included for Saturday and Sunday. And then at night, there's a Mama's Mingle, a time where you get to take off your mama hat and just go hang out with other mamas, right? Like you just get to be a human out and mingling and chatting and building your village in person with other folks who are coming at this from a similar approach, who also want to raise emotionally intelligent humans. If you're ready to take time for you and dive deep into this work, come join us for Mama's Getaway Weekend in September in Watertown, New York, September 25th and 26th. You can head over to mamasgetawayweekend.com to snag your ticket today. One of the questions that came in from folks was, what's the difference between postpartum anxiety and postpartum depression? Like Mm do go hand in hand or kind of, can you dive into that a little bit? Yeah. So a postpartum depression
1: um, and anxiety differ. I mean, they have definitely a lot of similarities, right? They both affect the way that you sleep, your appetite and your mood, but sometimes depression looks more or feels more like You probably heard this before. We're like a cloud that you're under, you know, and it's, it's almost like you don't have the strength to rise up against it. Like it's hard for you to get out of the bed in the morning. There's a whole lot of lack of motivation to do things, even things that seem um, very small, brushing your teeth. I know that's hard for us anyway, but like the thought of doing very small things can be very like, what's the point? right? You can have this kind of just low energy, low mood, not wanting to get out of the bed, not wanting to communicate or be around people that usually would bring you joy or you would usually spark something inside of you, right? Just not really feeling any of that, almost like this numbness um, that can come from with depression. Postpartum anxiety, on the other hand, a- again, affects the way that you eat and sleep and all that kind of stuff, but it, it also <laughs> it's like your thoughts are on fire is kind of how I explain it. Sometimes your thoughts are on fire. You are ruminating, which means you're thinking either the same thought or a lot of different thoughts over and over again. And so I think you mentioned it earlier when you go down to, to, to go to sleep or to take a nap, Oh my gosh, should I put the bottles in the thing Did this happen? Oh, did I change that? Let me call it. Oh, I didn't call this person back. I need, Oh, she asked me that and your mind is just on fire, just on fire, on fire. Now, sometimes, especially those early postpartum days or months, there might be things that you worry about because this is a new experience, right? Whether it's your first child or your third child, there's something new about the experience that will bring you worry. But the crossover between worry and anxiety is again, the way that it affects the way that you behave, right? And so are you able to kind of um, turn down the volume of your worry? Or is your worry like controlling what you're doing, what you're saying, how you're presenting to the world? So I think that those kind of like anxiety, you feel like you're on fire. Depression feels like you can't move. You feel kind of paralyzed in a sense.
0: Yeah, that's helpful. I think that word numb really stuck with me with, yes. with the PPD. Someone had, uh, mom had reached out like a year ago and was sharing. She was like, I think I have PPD, whatever. and she was saying like the thing that stuck with her was that she was like, I'm just feeling no joy. <laughs> and she was like, I'm just going through the motions of the day. And I find myself just like getting through the day, yeah. but I'm not enjoying my days. Like I'm not yeah. enjoying these, this, this season in any manner. And <laughs> I, that like really stuck out to me of just like really going through the motions.
1: Yeah. Yeah just trying to get through, yeah. through the day. And sometimes it's, you know, it's barely surviving for some mm-hmm. moms. Like I've heard, you know, I, I couldn't get out of the bed. I have to, had to call, you know, a partner or my friends or yeah. family, they had to come over and take care of the baby because I just could not do it. So
0: yeah. Totally. And again, I think mean, there's so much shame around it and it's such a bummer because it like truly is a hormonal imbalance, right? Like yeah. you can't mm-hmm. mantra your way out of this. Like <laughs> <They're- laughs> um- no.
1: And and, and I am all about right, these good affirmations. Totally. These, I think that they are great. However, there might be some roadblocks, right? Some tangible roadblock blocks that are getting in the way of us actually believing that those things are true, which could also bring more shame, right? Like totally. why can't I just believe this? I printed this darn quote out and I put <laughs> it on my wall and like, I can't eat, it's not helping. It's not working. Totally. Right. But yeah, you're right. It it's you can't mantra your way out of it. There needs to be a different process to helping you get back to a place where you're not numb. And, you know, when you're numbing, not on purpose, but when like, the, the difficult parts of that experience are trying to be kind of numb, so are the good parts, right? So it's like this total numbness of that experience. And I've heard a lot of moms talk about, like, looking back and not remembering anything. Totally. Not remembering the happies or, you know, just the, they remember like feeling like, ugh, but yep. not really knowing, you know, the day ends and the day outs of what that experience was like.
0: Totally. And that makes total sense from like a yeah. preservation standpoint. Exactly. Just trying, yeah. to get through. just trying to get through. When you're in the thick of postpartum anxiety, I think for so many folks, it just feels like who you are. Right. Yeah. And I think this is true with anxiety in general, but I think mm-hmm. especially in postpartum where there's the added layers of everything else going on. How can we help parents like build awareness around recognizing symptoms for what they are as symptoms? Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? Yeah. 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 So I have a whole course on this
1: because of this manner, because it you're right. It becomes a part of your identity. And anything we put on as a part of our identity, we kind of work our life around it, right? So it's kind of like, oh, I have anxiety about, um, I'll just use going into the car, for example. I have anxiety about riding in the car. That means I'm not going to ride in the car. So then you're like, well, I need to learn how to ride a bike. And then we need to move closer to the city so that I can ride a bike places, right? You see, like, your life decisions are based on this identity that he's put on that in relation to anxiety. And so when you, when you see yourself talking yourself out of experiences that might actually be really good for you, be really good for your family, but um, anxiety is telling you, nope, it's not going to be good. It's actually going to be terrible. What if something, what if this happens? What if that happens to really kind of ask your, yourself a series of questions like, you know, where is this coming from? Where is this thought coming from? Is it rooted in something that is, is good for me? Or is it rooted in something that is going to actually not make me feel very good? Like, how do I feel about these thoughts? Do I feel excited when I hear this, these types of things go through my mind? Or does it make me very fearful, right? Yeah. And if, it, if it's the latter, then it's like, do I want to believe that? If the answer is no... What are some things that I can do to help myself in this present moment, not to believe that this thought about riding in the car or whatever that thought is, right? What can I do in this moment to help myself not believe that? For some that might be taking a deep breath, in this moment, I am safe. In this moment, my kids are flourishing. In this moment, we ate mac and cheese, but that's okay, right? <laughs> it was delicious, actually. It was delicious. <laughs> I guess I'll make it again you know, tomorrow night. What <laughs> <laughs> it is, right? Like bringing yourself back to the present moment because inherently anxiety is not a bad thing. It is designed to help protect us and keep us safe. But I use the analogy of like a coat, right? Like if you, a coat wants to keep you safe and warm, but if you wear this coat in the wrong, in the wrong weather, or even in the right weather, but too long, it starts to feel very suffocating. It starts to overdo it right and so if you're able to kind of ask yourself these questions like is this more of like a protection thing or is this more fear-based this has helped me in a way that feels good to me and my family or is this actually hindering me from experiencing the joy of of this moment and then tapping into you know those deep breathing taking a walk or just creating a pause to say, actually, I want to believe this in this moment instead of that other fear-based or anxiety-based thought.
0: Totally. And I think it's so hard because it really, uh, that identity portion can become so real. I was talking to a, a mom in my life recently who was like at a point where she was like having my kid in my room with me for sleep is not working for me like I am waking up to every grunt and every roll and every whatever and I check on her and she's fine she's sleeping but I keep waking up and the babe's bedroom was right literally directly across the hall and so I was like "Uh, do you have any thoughts on like just moving her there you can keep her in the bassinet and everything too just like There and to see if that separation will help you sleep if she's sleeping fine right now. And she was like, I'm too anxious to have her that far. And I was like, Oh, interesting. Let's dive into that. (laughs) 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 Uh, But that, like, is what came up for me just now when you were chatting, where it had become her identity that, like, I'm too anxious for that. I'm an anxious human. And that shift, I mean, I. I lived with anxiety for a very long time as a part of my norm. And I had a therapist over a decade ago who was like, listen, um, you don't have to live like this. Like I had gotten to the point where it had dictated so many choices and it was so much a part of my identity that yeah. I didn't even see it as separate from me. You know what I mean? Yeah. And. Uh- yeah. It, it was so powerful and like now when I, when I see folks actively living with anxiety, I just want to like give them that big hug because I'm like, man, I know how that feels yeah. and, and I know that it's so hard to see yourself separate from it.
1: Yes, right, right. And it's almost, it's almost like um, I was talking to a client a couple um, months ago and she was grieving the loss of her her mom and she was talking about she described her grief as like a blanket like kind of not wanting to process through it's like almost like this is comfortable for me to kind of hold this in right and that's kind of how we do other emotions especially anxiety even if we know that anxiety is not comfortable for us it's like but what what else is out there Mm-hmm. What is it going to take? What do I have to do to get through it? Oh, that's going to bring me anxiety. I don't want to do that.
0: <laughs> that's like, exactly
1: it. I don't want to yeah. have to talk to a therapist and tell them all the, the things that I'm anxious about. That's going to make me anxious. And so we'll have this kind of comfort blanket. That's actually really just not, it's it's not going to get you to that side of freedom that you want. And I know it can be hard, even for moms that might be listening to this, it might be hard to envision A life without anxiety, right? Or a life that you are able to manage anxiety well. But like you said, your testament of it. I've experienced anxiety before. I've walked with other clients who've experienced that. And it is something that you can come to a place of managing. Now, it's not something that you won't ever experience before, Because anxiety is a natural emotion. Every person will experience some form of anxiety, right? But coming to this place of like, I can get some tools to help me with this. I don't have to suffer with this. I don't have to base my decisions on what I will and won't do um, on this. And once you kind of come to terms with like this other life right outside of this, you'll start to see like, man all of that stuff I did was because I was running away from anxiety. Right. Yeah, totally. So yeah, there's definitely a life
0: outside of it. It it takes some work to get there, but I think it's so worth it. So worth it. Totally. And just like helpful to know that it exists and like was achievable. I, I know for me, like what was really helpful was getting to separate fear from anxiety. And for me, like, being stuck in fear was what anxiety was where I just couldn't get out of the fear Mm -hmm. part. Mm -hmm. And I had, to learn how to let myself feel fear without mm. trying to make it go away. Mm-hmm. Because when I tried to make it go away, that's where I'd end up in that anxiety spiral mm. where I'd be like, Oh, I'm feeling scared about going like doing X, Y, and Z. So I will scroll my phone or I'll do, I'll go this way around so I don't have to do that. And like would circumvent feeling the fear would stop myself from having to feel it. Mm-hmm. And would just never like allow myself the freedom to feel. So then when fear would come up in other areas where I couldn't control it, mm-hmm. I would just spiral in it because I didn't know yeah. when I felt fear right, right. and right. how to calm my body. And yeah. it was such a game changer for me being like, "Oh, I I can feel fear and not spiral into anxiety." Mm. Yeah, I can feel this emotion without being overcome by it. Yes. Which Next. is the life
1: mission, right? Because we're going we're gonna to feel, no, we can't take these feelings away, unfortunately. We've tried <laughs> a lot of things, right? I mean, I think that's why the drug industry is the way that it is. Um, sometimes like the sex industry is the way that it is because it, it, it provides this pseudo escape from the feelings and the emotions that are very uncomfortable. But when we're in a place where we can say, oh, I, it, it doesn't, it might feel very painful. It might have a sting or kick to it, but it's not going to kill me. Mm -hmm. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah. It was so comforting. And it seems like almost counterintuitive to like when I let myself feel fear, then I don't enter into anxiety. You know, it Mm -hmm. like feels like, no, I'm supposed to avoid that. But really allowing that was so huge. And I, think that, you know, when we're in this space and in postpartum with all the other layers, you know, the sleep deprivation, the probably feeling touched out a lot where there's a human yeah. who needs you all the time, all that jazz going alongside anxiety. I think mm-hmm. trying to do that alone, mm-hmm. I mean, p- p- so close to impossible, right? <laughs> like I think having places to turn Therapist or medication to support you as you're building your toolbox, whatever that looks like, uh, I think is so crucial for navigating. It
2: is. No one told us the truth about parenthood. Why? This is the podcast everyone needed before they had kids because now that those little ones are here, whew, there is a lot to unpack. I'm Rachel Shepardota and I am your host for the podcast No One Told Us, where we tell the truth about parenting and let you in on all the stuff you really should have known about before having kids. We'll have a little education, a little fun, and a whole lot of heart that goes into each and every episode. So join me and our amazing guests each week to hear us talk about what no one told us.
3: Are you overwhelmed by the things that get in the way of you doing what you want to do? Are you looking for ways to simplify life to better align with your values? Do you want to create space in your schedule so you have room for more of the good stuff? Play, joy, relationships, gratitude, and more? My goal is to help you find agency and space in your life through doable baby steps that will leave you feeling accomplished instead of overwhelmed. Check out Edit Your Life wherever you enjoy your podcasts.
1: That support piece is is so, it's just a big thing. And you talked about it earlier, like being a part of a village, and that's why, you know, community is so essential really in all aspects of life, but especially when you are transitioning into, you know, the role as a mom or you're, you're, you know, having multiple children because community allows you to learn in new ways because you have different perspective. It allows you to get help and hopefully the help that you actually want, right? Like <laughs> if something is not helpful for you, like if you have a family member that comes over and they just like sit there and they don't want to, <laughs> That I want to bring you the things that you asked for. Maybe that's not it, <laughs> but if you, <laughs> if you could ask for, you know, things or I'm recalling a friend who, she was like the first, the first one in our friend group to have a baby. So she, she was like the ringleader. She knew all the ins and out. And I would just say, yeah, I do not need anything. And she would come with like Some cozy socks, or she would come up like a man. I'm like, I need it. (laughs) I I know, baby. I know. (laughs) So, but that's what community can do. And -hmm. I know it looks different now with COVID, but maybe, you know, community is, you know, having. Just someone, a safe place that you can say, this is the person I'm going to call, text, FaceTime, Zoom, however you want to get down. Um, this is the person I'm going to go to when I'm feeling scary thoughts, when I'm feeling like it's just too much. When I have these you know, questions, instead of going to Instagram or YouTube or Pinterest, I'm going to ask this person because they're safe. They, I know that I can go to them and they will make me feel shame." They'll actually give me the help and the support that I need at this time.
0: Oh, it's so huge. We have a membership program called the Village Membership where folks can, there's there's two components that I love in terms of connection about it. One, we have like an app where people can drop in questions. We have a psychologist who's on our team who supports everyone, but then everyone else supports each other too. And sometimes it's just people showing up not looking for advice just saying like i had a hard day you know and just yeah. need to share and just seeing the like empathy and compassion from folks all around the world supporting each other through that is so delicious yes. and then we have an empathy buddies program where you can just like pop your information into this spreadsheet and pair up with somebody where you can text you can call you can whatever you can take it outside of there to have yeah. a to one person cuz so many people were like i don't have a person in yeah. my life you know that like <laughs> that doesn't try to solve my problems all the time or doesn't whatever that can just be that listening ear and i yeah i love seeing like the community and connection that comes from it so huge
1: It's it's such a beautiful thing. And I'm sure for you guys to witness it and probably from your own kind of experience of being like, this is what I needed, right? (laughs) Like Mm -hmm. this is, this is what I needed and want. And all moms kind of deserve the ability to have that connection. And we are living in a very different time um, to where, like you were saying earlier, we don't have that same kind of community or village feeling. So we have to create our own version of that. And Mm -hmm. nowadays and probably many, many days and months and years to come, it looks like a virtual community. And so I 100% agree and can attest to that.
0: Yeah, that's awesome. So if there's somebody here that like has, I'm thinking of, you know, like when I went and saw Rach and was like, oh man, this isn't adding up. Like i have seen so many humans postpartum. And Mm -hmm. I was like, Oh, there's, this is a little different. Like we need more support here. If there's someone who has a friend, has a loved one in their life that they are like, you know what? I'm feeling concerned for them. Um, Mm -hmm. What are some ways that they can best support that person?
1: I would say as much as possible, try to support them in a way that doesn't come off in or via commands. So like, just try to get up and blah, blah, blah. Just try to eat more. just try to whatever. Those commands again can bring up shame. They already know if they could do those things, it would make them feel better, right? And so if you see that, you know, if you know this person well, and you know that walking has always been their jam. It has always made them feel good, right? Because you guys used to do it together or whatever. Maybe help for that would be tomorrow at 10, let's do a social distance walk, right? Mm-hmm. Or what does it sound like if, you know, we were to do that? More of an ask, right? In that mm-hmm. situation, they may tell you no, and that's okay, right? That's okay. Other point, other kind of support that you can provide is just your own storytelling, your own experience about it without then, you know, without like it leading to this huge kumbaya moment and then like, you're right, I'm gonna make my appointment right now because that's, that might not be where they are, right? But you can just say, oh my gosh, I just remember, you know, when I was one month postpartum and this happened and I was just so shocked and man, This is, this can just be a crazy season in motherhood. So I definitely understand, you know, if you're going through that or something like that. So storytelling and then the other is just encouraging, you know, bringing out what they do have going well for themselves, what the strengths that they are exhibiting, even if they don't realize that they're there, right. You know, say that they're, they haven't been able to get out of the bed in a couple of days, you know? And so that's very concerning, right? And you are able to get a hold of them and just kind of showering them with words of encouragement, being very kind-hearted and with, you know, the strengths that you're pointing out about them. I'm so glad that you answered my call. I've been looking forward to talking to you. I'm so proud of you. You're such a great mom. No, I'm not. Well, even if you don't feel it, these are the things that I know about you you have great tenacity, you go after what you want. I remember the times when you would just light up the room, right? Like those strengths that you want to bring out of them. And you don't, and again, it doesn't have to end in this, like, that was the conversation that saved the day, right? Like, no, just be genuine about it, meeting them where they are. And when they're ready, when they're in a place to receive and kind of make that transition, they will. If you fear um, kind of the other end of that spectrum, that someone is contemplating doing something harmful to themselves or other people, then that would be a more direct and a little bit more serious conversation about their health and their safety. And so that could be a, like I said, a little bit more of a direct conversation. I'm concerned about you. You've made these statements or this has happened. And then asking, how can I support you? And then just create a pause, some silence sit with that and allow them to say or not say maybe it's just that they need to hear that someone else saw what they were experiencing
0: oh yeah yeah. I think it's so huge not going in with that goal right like I mean the first time I chatted with Rach about it she didn't make an appointment that day. Right. Like that's not how that ended up, it was weeks. It was weeks yeah. until she made an appointment. It was weeks of her having medication before she was ready to take it. Like, mm-hmm. and, and I think for, as the person on the outside, it can be hard to watch because yeah. you're like, this could make you feel better. And I want to fix it. I want yeah. to fix it. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, it's hard to hold space for that. And I yeah. think that I, I love that advice, Chastity of just like, being able to go in without the goal of, all right, I'm going to, we're going to have this conversation and we're going to leave with a human who has a plan and is ready to go (laughs) and and being able to hold space for like, we're going to have a conversation and we might have a million more of these conversations before anything moves. And what I want them to know is that I'm a safe space for them to break down and I see them and yeah. I am not adding to their shame.
1: Yeah, exactly, exactly. I had a friend who was going through postpartum depression and I actually didn't know it at the time. Mm-hmm. And um, she would always, always ask me to come over and just like hang out. And I would have like, a am things going on, but I was like, okay, she wants me to come hang out, so I will, she has a new baby, you know? And I would just go, we would just sit on the couch. And sometimes i be like, girl, why don't you ask me over here if you don't want to talk? <laughs> but she needed another presence in the room. And after she was out of the thick of her postpartum depression, unbeknownst to me, she said, you helped me get through postpartum depression. And I was thinking, wait, what? I, first of all, I didn't know you had postpartum depression. Second of all, how did I help? All I did was come over to your house and sit on the couch, you know? And she said, just by being there right so don't ever underestimate the power of just being there
0: yeah it's so huge i mean Mm -hmm. right back to like the tiny humans right we're like same the book the rabbit listened is one of my absolute favorites and it's literally about this rabbit who just listens doesn't do anything Mm -hmm. doesn't change just sits that's awesome thank you so much where can folks connect with you learn more about your work dive into what you have to offer
1: yeah. So you can find me on Instagram at monthly.u. I'm also on YouTube and, and Apple and Spotify. So it's like a video podcast. So it's basically like a video recording of my podcast. So YouTube Momfully you podcast Momfully you, and then my website monthlyyou.com. There, I have my online membership community to help moms reclaim their identity and fully love the authentic version of themselves. It's my passion to help moms kind of really know who they are and eventually learn to like and
0: commit to loving themselves as well. So yeah. I love that. That's so awesome and so powerful. Thank you. Thank you for hanging out with me and sharing your time and brilliance and experience (laughs) with us. It's so
1: fun. Thank you so much for having me.
0: Thanks for tuning in to Voices of Your Village. Check out the show notes for this episode and all past episodes at voicesofyourvillage.com. Did you know that we have a special community for all of you to be a part of so that we can all gather together to raise emotionally intelligent humans? Head on over to Facebook. Search Seed and Sow colon Voices of Your Village and dive into that Facebook group. We cannot wait to hang out with you and collaborate on raising these tiny humans. If you're digging this podcast, head on over to Apple Podcasts, scroll down, click those stars and leave a review. It really fills my heart to hear from all of you.